They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. Joining me this evening, I've got Dan Kingdom, the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson, and returning tanned and toned from a week in Corfu, Steve Tancock. Um, Steve, I can imagine after a couple of episodes off, you've got a bit to, you might have quite a lot to get off your chest, especially considering that, um, well, we were we were lucky to even come second against Knotts, weren't we? Uh I, I think that is one of the poorest performances I've seen in my lifetime of watching Somerset. And that's saying something because I've watched Somerset in, from the beginning of the 70s. And I just can't explain it. I can't rationalise it. Um, the game that comes to mind, and Anthony will remember this game because he was commentating at Headingley. was Headingley, August, July, August 2019, where yeah. on... A much better morning for batting. We stuck Yorkshire in, and they were still going at tea time on the Sunday, the second day, with Maharaj hitting it to all parts. And they, I think, by the close, we were four down on the Sunday, and it was a very similar performance. I don't. All teams have bad performances. Yeah, um, you, you know the players aren't trying to perform badly, and you're always going to get the people on social media who make comments that you know the players don't care or whatever it's just inexplicable it was so bad uh, i don't put it down wholly to the absence of craig and lewis although i think lewis being unable to play was a body blow to the side but you've got three top county seam bowlers there and frankly, not one of them could put the ball consistently on line and length. And Luke Fletcher showed them how to do it, brilliantly backed up by the other two. And that was the game, to be honest. You know, have we gone from heroes to zeros in the space of a week? No. But at the moment, it feels like Scarborough might be quite a tough place to go on Sunday. So yes. I was looking through Twitter. Um, the name Ronnie Prentice might... Uh, <laughs> Ronnie does love a good moan. But he has made quite a valid point here today in that we haven't won a game of first-class cricket since the 6th of May. And looking back at those games since, so that was at the, at the Rose Bowl, which was, um, or the Aegeus Bowl, which was uh, possibly Eddie's finest point of the season. We'll, we'll talk about Eddie a bit later. But then Surrey at Taunton, that was ruined by the weather. Gloucester at Bristol, that was ruined by the weather. Then we had a week off when we were supposed to be playing New Zealand. Uh, then we had the Hampshire game at Taunton, which is a game where, despite what I think the higher-ups said, we looked to be settling for a draw. Then we mm -hmm. had a break for the blast. Then we had Leicester at home, which I think was definitely, with the pitch they prepared, we'll settle for a draw. And then Surrey at the Oval, where we definitely settled for a draw. So you look in there, what, six, seven games without needing to put or try and put our foot on the throat of the opponents and win a game of cricket and I think that showed last week because we just didn't seem to have a plan to win the game it was 208 for 6 even Stevens and then flat pitch missing our two best bowlers 
really let them off the hook and then once they were got 450 whatever it was it was game over no way we were winning that game Dan, I think I... sorry Anthony so, let Dan go on yeah. were you going to ask me something Oh, I was just saying, um, did you make it there for all... I was going to say all four days, but... Um, <laughs> I was there for days. all three, lucky me. Yeah. And Dan, um, went on, Dan went on the fourth day to watch Eddie Byram have his last net for Somerset as well. <laughs> but I, I did see him. He was on. He was practising with some of the other youngsters. Uh, I think it was lunch on day three on the outfield. Um, so the last time I'll see him as a Somerset player. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I think I agree with everything that Steve said. We were just totally outplayed. It's hard to rationalise it. It just happens in sports sometimes. You just are the second best team for the whole match. And I mean, yeah, we, we were on top, or maybe, well, maybe just on top, or it was even at 208-6 in the first innings. But, you know, that evening when the lights were on, you know, we really should have been able to hammer home our advantage because the next day, Notch bowled really well under the lights to us. Mm. We didn't do that on day one. And that was the period that Patterson, White and Moores took advantage of some poor bowling and took the game away from us. And then next morning we thought, OK, we lost that, we lost that last session, but hopefully we can sort of get back into it this morning. But no, it was just a continuation of what happened the night before. Um, yeah, and... The bowling attack was obviously hit by losing Craig and Gregory, but they still bowled, all of them bowled worse than they should be. You know, that I think the three main teams will all feel a bit disappointed about how they bowled. Um, you know, Davey is, has been superb for us the last couple of years. You know, he had an off match. DeLanger, who is, you know, he's our overseas player for this season. He, he's the kind of player who should be able to. Yeah, we, he's the kind of player we want to be able to just pick up wickets as a strike bowler you know say to him like come on we need a wicket now come and get one but you know he, again he sort of fails to do that he's sort of had a it's, it's a continuation of a season where he's you know he's had flashes but he's also had some bad games where he's just been unable to make an impact and this was another one uh, unfortunately and Brooks clearly sort of you know it looks to be coming towards the end of his career which is a shame he's not as good as he was um, you know, even a couple of years ago when he was when, in his first year for us he was pretty good but he's just not the same bowler anymore which is a shame um, and with the bat you know in the first inning you were really bad like you know no one's hung around for long at all um, second innings I think we sort of looked to dig in the guys did find it I think we found it a bit easier to bat we did bat a bit better we sort of there was long quiet periods we were just seeing out then it was just bang wicket and then it was almost, you know, because, and that was because Knots were bowling really well. Mm. And they just persisted and persisted, and they knew that eventually we'd nick one or whatever, and we did. So perhaps we almost dug in too much, and we actually should have been tried to be a bit more attacking. You know, it's a difficult balance to strike, but ultimately they bowled a lot better than us. And, you know, they knew with our batting lineup, which is a bit fragile, and there may have been a selection error or two, they knew that, you know, we would be all out eventually. Um, and that was, you know, how it, how it proved. It's a fine um, line batting well in first-class cricket because when you're or in all cricket, when you're batting well, you don't think about anything. You're just in a nice little yeah. zone. You're just playing the ball on its merits, and you just go on your merry way in the sunshine and not worry about a thing. When it's crunch time with 450 on the board, I just think a lot of our guys. We just, like you said, Dan, we just didn't know whether shit will get off the pot. It was really, really just. Not inexplicable because we know our batting lineup can do that. But uh, Anthony, apart from Tom Abel, really nobody 
getting stuck in in that first innings. Abel facing 63 balls, Lamon B 46, and then nobody else got to 30. I think that's pretty much where we. Yeah, we just I mean, I think I just think second day, didn't we? I just think strategy is wrong. Um, you know, when we have Gregory and Overton in the side, it's fair enough to produce a pitch that's going. It's pretty flat. That's going to give the seamers some help. Without Gregory and Overton, we've got to play to our strengths. And frankly, our strength is not the seam attack without Gregory and, and Overton. And we know that. We've seen enough of them. We had three spinners in that in that side. All right, three slow left armers. Why did why did we why didn't we prepare you know a, a used pitch, not one that's going to get us in the penalty zone with the ECB, but one that will give Jack Leach, who's our trump card without Gregory and Overton. A, a, you know, some sort of hope of taking wickets. There was nothing in it for, for Leach uh, whatsoever. You know, we've had six home games um, this season, and we won one of them. Mm-hmm. And you, you'd have thought that by now they'd have they'd have they'd have had a look at the strategy which they set out. And I asked them right at you know in the pre-season press conference what was going to the pitch strategy was going to be. Well, we're going to try and prepare hard, fast pitches, which they haven't managed to do. They've produced pitches. You know, that get flatter as the day goes, uh, as the game uh, goes on. Um, do nibble around uh, a little bit. So if you've got accurate, persistent seamers, they will take wickets. But they're not the sort of pitches on which Somerset are, are, are going to win games of cricket uh, at, at the moment. And that, that's what I think is is wrong. And when I had put this to, uh, I, you know, I, I put this to Andy Hurry after after the game and said, you know, are we going to go back to the sort of pitches that we saw two or three years ago for the game against Lancashire? Because we must win the game against mm-hmm. Lancashire at home. And he said, oh, that's a leading question. Well, you know, I, it's, it's really not rocket science. So Essex, uh, you know, are going to produce, have always produced pitches that play to their strengths. And at the moment, we're not. And frankly, it was, it's a pretty ordinary seam attack without uh, Gregory and, and Overton. Davy bowls well in harness with, with Craig Overton, mm-hmm. but he's not Absolutely the leader. right. Uh, Delanger, you know, you'll, you'll bowl one good ball in six if you're lucky and probably one dreadful ball as well. So you'll he'll go for at least uh, four and over. And as Dan was saying, Jack Brooks with the best one in the world is not the force that, that he was. So, you know, we've got one last chance at Taunton to play to our strength. And I, and I hope they, you know, they prepare a pitch that gives Jack Leach and Co a little bit of help. Otherwise, we ain't going to win, uh, and we won't get through to. You know, we won't be challenging for the championship. Yeah, just the uh, one remaining home game against Lancashire in a, in a couple of weeks' time. It's almost going to be not necessarily too little, too late, but we've we've got to get it right now. We, I, by my maths, I think we can only afford. Well, we can't definitely can't afford to lose any more games. No. Probably win one, uh, win two, and draw one, and I think we'll be okay. We will certainly help this round of games by the other two, the other two games ending in draws. Yorkshire mm. holding on with all nine men round the back down at the Aegeus Bowl, and uh, a Lancashire yeah. drawing with Warwickshire. Has Marchant kind of been hamstrung a bit by these placid pitches? Then did we? I don't know. I mean, I just. I... I don't know how seriously he takes it. Um, he bowled pretty well for Trent Rockets, didn't he? Um, we well, he's seen... going to get a pitch at Scarborough on Sunday. Should yeah, I was just going to say Scarborough's that. always yeah. got Banks and Carry. Yeah, I think, you know, that... I don't think Yorkshire are very good, point one. And point two, 
that pitch that Scarborough ought to suit March and uh, Delanger because there is plenty of plenty of bounce. And um, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule out a win at Scarborough. And if we can get a win at Scarborough, then we got a home get home game home game against Lancashire. Which, if we get the pitch right, we have a fighting chance of winning. I don't see us winning at Edgbaston. I have to say, against a full strength um, Oryx side on a pretty dead pitch, I'd be surprised if we're good enough to to do that. But I think the next two games are winnable. And um, but we need to, you know, we need to pick the right team for Scarborough, and we need to prepare the right pitch for Lancashire. I suppose, and we need to play with more positivity, Anthony. That's the thing that that frustrates me that was you said we seem to have and you know while Ronnie's point is valid about we haven't won a game since early May it's a it's a slight non-point because of weather and the fact there haven't been any yeah. county championship games for two it's a bit like saying you know I don't know Man City haven't beaten Swansea in 10 20 years no because they haven't played them it's that sort of argument but my my worry and I, I'm quite off with the whole selection, pitch preparation, mindset going into the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Will Smead, you know, we're going to face another problem with Will Smead that we faced with Joss Butler, Don Bess, Jamie Overton. The guy's got to be given a chance. And, and to me, I hate to say it, but I think the number four slot begs him to bat in it on Sunday. Um, At the expense would, of Hildy. Hate to say it, yeah. But I just Anthony Anthony said on commentary, and I was I was working away, and he said in my ear, you know, is he contemplating retirement or something? And I boof, and I went, yeah, spot on, Anthony. I wonder if he is. You know, we've got a chance of winning the county championship. When we had a chance of winning the county championship in 2019, they were ruthless, and Marcus was taken out of the side yeah you know and was it was his last innings for Somerset was when he was not out at Guildford but was given out yes, it's man. tough and and I really felt for Tom Abel because I felt he was playing with one hand tied behind his back with the options the other the other thing I'd seriously consider because I don't think this is I don't think we've got anything to lose Sonny Baker could be called out of the England under 19 side and to be honest, if it was a choice between Brooks, Delanger, and Baker, I'd be inclined to give Baker a go. Because again, at Scarborough, I'm more inclined to play Delanger and say to him, you know, put a Trent rocket up his derriere and say, right, if you can't bowl on this pitch, pal, you can't bowl anywhere in England. Get a move on. But I think Sonny Baker, what, what have we got to lose? We really haven't got a lot to lose, I'm afraid. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Interesting point that Jason Kerr made after the first day, I think it was, saying that our seam bowlers were rusty with a red ball. Well, well, if they were rusty, the guys haven't played for a couple of weeks. Why were they not given an innings down at the Vale in that second 11 Mm -hmm. game? Mm -hmm. Which is what most other counties did. Yeah, I mean, Josh, you know, we'd finished the Royal London a week or so before the final so we'd had a couple of weeks break there for the likes of Davy and Brooks March had come back from the 100 Trent Rockets didn't make finals so he would have had a few days off it just seems very very strange to me and another thing that I picked up on as well and I, and I hate these little conspiracy theories but sometimes they do just 
latch into the back of your mind. Jason spoke to you, Anthony, after play on Monday, and was that the first time it was confirmed that Lewis wasn't going to bowl again this season? If you yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. That was the first. The first we knew about it. So yeah. the conspiracy theorist in me, and I don't like. I don't like it when my inner conspiracy theorist pops up. But uh, around about that time, Andy Hurry was doing a members Q and A in the county room. Did you go to that one, Dan? No, I heard about it. Okay. Well, any any, any <laughs> interesting things? I couldn't make it to the county ground on Monday, Martha. Right, it was, was, playing yeah, it was just what Andy Cleave said on Twitter, which you may have seen as well. Mm. Um, oh, I missed that. But Andy back... Harry said, "Sorry, Dan, you finish up, then I'll, I'll go back." To I say Andy, Andy Harry apparently said that Gregory might bowl this season. It wasn't. It wasn't a total. Um, it wasn't totally denying that he that he might bowl this season. You know, there was a there was a chance that he could. I think that was the gist of it. Well, when I asked Jason Kerr when he was going to be fit to bowl again, he said next summer. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it seems to slightly contradict Andy Harry. I think that's that's the <laughs> what, what I gathered. But going back to my original point. Having only only saying that J uh, Jason, uh, sorry that Lewis wouldn't be fit to bowl on that Monday evening. Do you think there would have been some fire and fury from the members that knowing we're going to lose Craig to England and that Lewis isn't going to bowl for the rest of the season, should we have signed an overseas fast bowler? Because I presume they would have known what midway through the hundred, maybe. Gregory's been injured for a while. Yeah, um, he, it was he hardly bowled for Trent Rockets. July. He bowled in the yeah, first or second game, the and then none couple, after that. Yeah, first couple of Trent Rockets games. Um, so I say he's been injured since late July, early August. We may not have known the extent of the injury um, for that long. Um, but yeah, I know it's it's a point that I sort of forgot about when when we signed Azar. The fact that if Craig is with the Test team and Gregory's injured, then it's like, hang on, we can actually do an overseas bowler more than a batsman. It's like. As I will do a job, I'm sure. But yeah, I don't think Azza's leg spin is quite going to replace <laughs> yeah, Craig the or Lewis, but you never yeah. know. We, 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 the thing is, if we're going to win the CC, it's, it's going to be via bowling. You know, that's what you always say: bowlers win you titles. You know, I feel like we could, as I will add some value. But you just wonder whether an overseas bowler would have added more value. Yeah, mm -hmm. but there aren't very many. In, in fairness, it's yeah, it's what's available, isn't yeah. it? That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I go back to the point that we, we've been hamstrung by injury international call-ups and the three young pace bowlers not being quite ready. Mm -hmm. If this was 2022, I think we'd probably be going, great, Casey Aldridge, Sonny Baker, you can come in and do a job. Yeah, I'm, I still go back and I think it's interesting what you guys are saying about Sarge and Jay saying different things at almost the same time. I think they've realised that they've got it wrong. I got from just watching the interviews, and I—it's hard with Tom Abel because you've got to love him because he is so emotional. You could see how much it was yeah. hurting when Anthony interviewed him on Tuesday, and you sort of want to give him a hug and say, you know, we're all still behind you, Skipper, sort of thing. But I think in in a league, he might be a bit fuming as well. And I just I just think we need to sharpen up there a bit on the, you know, and frankly, I'd have liked to say, and I'd put this in the blog, I'd quite like to have seen the batting coach front up and talk to Anthony at the end of one of the three days. Mm -hmm. 
but remember, Jim Trousen more works with the second 11 than the first 11. I don't know how much work he actually does with the first. I was just going to say, I don't know who the batting coach is. No, I thought Jim Trousen was Somerset's batting coach. Sorry, he, is, he is. He is Somerset's batting coach, but generally what they said when he was when he joined was that he would generally work with the second 11 players more than mm. the first 11 I so think it's, it's a thing about working it's like the Spanish football approach isn't it you work with players you coach, the best coaches should coach when players are at their formative years I suppose rather mm-hmm. than when they've already sort of made it I think that's probably presumably the thinking sort of around, around that Reminds me of the time after we were beaten by an innings at Worcester a few years ago, which was up there with some of the worst performances I've seen. And I interviewed Matt Maynard afterwards and said, don't you think it's about time you hired a batting coach? And he said, I am the batting coach. <laughs> Did you repeat the question afterwards then? The point in. What's, what's Trez doing these days? So Trez isn't officially... He's Trez is still on this kind of merry-go-round of recently retired test players that seems to do yeah, a week with England, but he's, he's not stopped working with England for the time being. Yeah, yeah. He's, right. so he's, I think he's, he's more injured. doing scouting and watching games than he is involved. So, yeah. uh, I can't think of anybody better to come back to uh, Taunton and just can I work with can I just do one thing? Days. Say one thing because one thing we didn't hear. I've, I've sort of developed a Jason Kerr bingo for when Anthony interviews him there. <laughs> And he didn't say taking the positives. But I am going to take a positive. I actually thought Tom Lamanby was shaping really well. Yeah. He looked more organised. He looked busy. In that second innings, I was genuinely surprised. Okay, people will go, yeah, he played a bad shot, didn't he? He got a good ball. He got a Yeah. But I thought the best we looked was when he and Abel were batting together on the first innings. And when he was batting on the second innings, and I thought that this is class is permanent here. Um, I think I thought Banton shaped pretty well in the second innings as well. Yep, he was just getting going when he he got a really you know he got a really good ball, and, and you know that's that sort of thing can happen. But he was he was trying really hard, but he was just beginning to counter attack because what we needed is. Um, I think Steve said, is someone who could take the attack back to the bowlers, like in the way that Liam Patterson White did for knots against us when they were 208 for six. He didn't let the bowlers settle into line and length and a, and a groove. He, he came hard at them. And, uh, and um, that's a well, role I think that It's easier when you're 200 for six than when you're 60 for six to still play that yeah, sort of it. The principle is, still applies. You know, bowlers, bowlers like bowling at batsmen who are not going to go after them. Because they can just they can settle into into that groove, and sooner or later, on that pitch, a ball will just do something unexpected, and, and you'll you'll get a nick, and, you, and you'll be caught. And the, the the less the fewer shots you play, the more likely it is that that's going to happen. Now, I know it's a high risk thing, and, and the trouble was that Banton and Co. dared sort of um, open their shoulders and, and play their shots because if they got out in that situation, they'd be damned from here, you know, from here to eternity. So. So it was a, a bit of a no-win situation, but I think we, you know, we know what the batting's like. It's brittle, mm-hmm. and if Hildreth isn't scoring any runs, you know, there's a great big hole in the middle of that uh, batting mm-hmm. batting lineup. And four of the top six are averaging in the mid twenties. <laughs> you know, Azar will change. Azar will change that, but um, the real problem is the bowling unit minus Gregory and Overton. It's very hard to see how on a you know a flattish pitch a sort of regulation pitch they're going to take 20 wickets against risk averse 
championship division teams such as we've got at the moment. Which is why I think we need, you know, for for the Lancashire game, we need we need to go back to uh, Plan A and uh, give Jack Leach something to work with. Fair do. If we incur the wrath of the ECB, well, so be it. You know. Let's <laughs> take bring back cider a bit. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we do start up again at Scarborough on Sunday. We've briefly mentioned and skirted around who we think we want to bring into the team. Steve, who's got their 1 to 11 ready to go? Yeah. Wants to go yeah, on yeah. Steve. So, Hazard, um, yeah. 2 and 7 are interchangeable because I think it was a cardinal sin to ask Steve Davis to open after two days in the field. So, Davies stroke Lamanby. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Captain at three, Will Smead at four, Lewis Goldsworthy at five, Banton at six, Davies Lamanby at seven. And then I've got Jack Leach at eight, because again, I thought Jack Leach batted very well in the game. Yeah. Davy, yeah. Delanger, and Baker. Now, if, if Baker is not going to play, or what I've heard is that he can be released, then I would bat Ben Green at eight and shove the others down one. Um, I think I think Banton did enough, as Anthony said, to keep his place ahead of bringing back George Bartlett. Although, of course, as you know, I would have George Bartlett batting at four, five, six in my side if I could. So, so that's my that's a sort of combination of the team I would pick and the team I think they pick. I think they'll probably stick with Hildreth instead of Smead at four. Yeah, I'd have Smead at five, Davies at six, and I'd, I'd, is, is, is Lewis Gregory fit to play as a batsman? I don't think in a four-day game, that's the take I got on it, he's fit right. to bat yeah. in a 20-over game, I, I'm just making a big assumption there. Maybe the fielding as well, more mm. so than the batting, maybe a day and a half in the field might not be the, the best for him, but he can, he can manage 20-overs. I don't know, but I mean, if he if he was if he was fit, I'd, I'd have Gregory in the in in the side purely as as a batsman. And um, Ben Green, I think, deserves deserves a go. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, pretty much this. Smead, I'd have, a, have a, so I'd I'd go as a Lamanby, Abel, Hildreth, Smead, Davis, probably Goldsworthy, if Gregory isn't fit. Then Green, Leach, Davy, and Delaya. So you've got you've got uh, one, two, three, three front line, uh, three front line, well, four front line bowlers, and and uh, you've got Lamb and B and Abel and Green to, or Goldsworthy to, uh, to um, in support. It's not a it's not a side that fills me with great confidence, but no, I, was, I, I still haven't finished mine yet. I'm. <laughs> I always do my homework on the bus, so I'm quickly doing mine now. Dan, have you got yours while I finish mine off? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I don't know how much I even do with my own team. I mean, it's, there's so many different options. I don't really know. I, it's like behind the scenes, you know, everyone seems to be in okay. For, they've sort of had some form recently, but, you know, it's just really difficult. But I've got Lama being as our opening, and I've gone able to three, and I've kept Hildreth in at four. So he did score a century, remember? 
two yeah. championship games ago. He did. Um, I, I, it was a while ago now, but you know he showed a bit of form in the one form in the one day cup. He's an experienced head, so I would keep him in. Um, and I think I then, if we're going, if we're going for wholesale changes, I would then consider going Bartlett at five because I just feel compared to Banton. I think Bartlett's got a higher chance of playing along innings, you know, scoring a 50, scoring a 70 and 80. Um, then I've gone with Smead at six. You know, I'd like to see him play championship cricket. I think the time is now to get him in. Um, who knows how he'll do. I mean, he's, all his form has been T20 cricket. You know, he didn't do much in the second 11 four-day competition earlier this season. But I think the time is now. And I want to keep him happy as well. I don't want him to be tempted to go to Warwickshire. Um, then Davis at seven. Davy, Leach, and Delanger, because yeah, as we've been discussing, I think Delanger should get another go at Scarborough because it's the kind of pitch that will suit him. Um, and I've gone Aldridge at 11 because he, you know, is a bit taller, might be able to extract that extra bounce at Scarborough, perhaps. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Baker is an option as well. I think, I think the thing, the, the one thing in Brooks's favour is that he would know Scarborough from playing for Yorkshire. But I don't think it's enough, really. He just doesn't, he hasn't looked threatening enough this season. So, Aldridge or Baker, depending on conditions and availability, etc. I get really stuck trying to sit my. Come on, Ian. Come on. Let's I have yours. I can't think. Right. Come on. It's like Number one, Azar Ali. <laughs> Number two, I'm going to go for the interchangeable two and seven, Lamanby and, and Davis opening up. Abel, Hildreth, Smead. Where's that take me to? Five. Lamanby at six. Roll off at seven. Oh no! <laughs> I can't do no, that I size. So I've got. He's got to be in the team. Uh, and then uh, Leach, Davy, Marchant, and. Baker. So you're going to play Roloff ahead of Lewis Goldsworthy? He can't do that. It makes no sense at all. The thing in Roloff's favour, and I think the reason he maybe was picked for the game just gone, is that he has he's in credit in terms of the runs he scored this season. He's batted mm -hmm. four times. He's gone 80, a 70, and a 40. But I just wondered, I think he thrives being a bit lower down and having a bit less responsibility. Whenever he's gone sort of seven or higher for Somerset, he's never really done much. When he's eight or nine, when he's more likely to score runs. That's all right. We'll just put Jack Leach ahead of him at seven then. <laughs> uh, yeah. Stick Marchant up there as well. There's there's a whole horde of Cornishmen marching across the Tamar and heading for Newton Abbott at the moment. Oh, I said I didn't I didn't want to pick the team, but Roloff has done well whenever he's played. Apart from so's Lewis Goldsworthy. Oh, yeah, yes, well, I just wonder. <laughs> Well, Abel obviously doesn't rate Van der Merve's spin because he didn't bowl him until there was four hundred, four hundred on the board. Well, he didn't rate Goldsworthy either. If it comes to that, but... yeah, I mean, I don't think Goldsworthy's. <laughs> but Goldsworthy is a much better batsman than Roll. I mean, the two shots he got out to were pretty. Well, he didn't play. Well, <laughs> was... they were. Yeah, that flexibility. I missed LBW in the first inning. So I think I I've ever seen. And in the second innings, he's just flicked a ball, you know, first ball. Oh, this is why I said I didn't want to pick my team. Come on. It's difficult. All right, then. I'll I'll bow to your pressure and I'll bring uh, Lewis back in for roll-off. 
Uh, India 43 without loss at stumps. There we go. Just had a notification about that. And I believe Craig Overton didn't bowl. He bowled one over at the end. Oh, how, many, how many overs did we bowl at them? Let's have a look. Uh, Robinson bowled four for 21. Wokes five. Anderson six. So we bowled a 16 overs. Well, they do treat him more as a sort of stock bowler, don't they? Because he, because he is so accurate. Mm. He can tie, tie up one end, and, and the others are more Robinson and, and um, mm -hmm. and Anderson, obviously, more strike bowlers. Yeah. But you know, he, they did pick in the head of Saj Mahmood, which I wasn't expecting. Yes. No, yep. I was pleased with that. And ahead of Sam Curran. Thank God for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and ahead of Saqib Mahmood. It's Saqib, not Saj. Oh, is it? Yeah, Sorry. Saj is long retired. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the Division 1, then, of the Championship table after... Well, one but sort of two games. Uh, Warwickshire top on thirty-three. Lancashire second on twenty-eight and a half. Notts third on twenty-eight. Somerset fourth on twenty and a half. Hampshire a point behind on nineteen and a half. And Yorkshire bringing up the rear with sixteen and a half. So not totally out of it, but I don't think we can afford to lose any more games, and we've got to win two more. I think the, the advantage of that is that Yorkshire need a win. Mm -hmm. uh, so we might get a result pitch at Scarborough. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I think Edgbaston, I mean, the way, the way um, Warwickshire and Lancashire played, I mean, I th Warwickshire, they pick up one batting point, something like that. Mm -hmm. they, both, they both bat very slow and very yeah. long, both sides. They, they didn't reach 300 in 110 overs, you know, with only a couple of wickets down. So I think um, Yorkshire's our best best bet for a result pitch. And if, you know, if we can have a result pitch at Scarborough next week and a result pitch at Taunton the week after, we could get back into this. But I think, you know, we need we need to win win those two games because I don't see us winning at Edgbaston. I think we can get a draw at Edgbaston, but winning there is going to be very, very difficult against a full-strength Warwickshire side. Well, the pitch at Edgbaston could be dictated by where Warwickshire is sitting in the table, because if they need a result... Oh, it was, yeah. If they need a result to well, I suspect to they'll still be pretty near the top, and yeah, I think that, maybe you're right. the high-bonus points draw will be enough for them. And the other oh, games are Warwick, Warwickshire, Hampshire and not Lancashire this week. Yeah, well, Warwickshire, Hampshire, I think it'll be a draw. Knotts, Lancashire, I don't know. Well, if, if the knots that turned up at Taunton turn up, I think Lancashire will find them hard to resist because I think, yeah. fair play to them, I think they were very good. They were. Dane Patterson, I mean, in, in the Somerset second innings, he, he, I don't think he bowled a single ball down the leg side. You know, he was, in, he was in that off stump channel, ball after ball after ball after ball, and you know, batsman couldn't get him away. There was no sort of release valve, uh, and you know, and he got his rewards: three wickets in and over. Can I just say, Anthony, that with that beautiful view you have from the top of the pavilion, I couldn't believe that all Brace Girdle wanted to talk about was the new car park at the station. <laughs> <laughs> that was. What was Prince Charles's know, phrase? A, a monstrous carbuncle. Carbuncle on the face of a much-loved friend. Yeah. yeah, that was the National it's Gallery. A bit like that. It is a bit like that. I mean, yeah. Well, 
they used, ugly as our they used the brutalist architecture in Nottinghamshire because just down the road from Trent Bridge is the um, is the coal-fired power station, which is close yeah. down there, with all the cooling towers and everything, which you can, yeah. which you could see from the commentary position at uh, at Trent Bridge. Right. I, I, I enjoy working with David. He's he's a good bloke he, and. Uh, yeah. Nottinghamshire through and through. I enjoyed the day in bed with you on Monday, you and Dave on Monday. And <laughs> yes, I saw that. Very <laughs> uplifting. <laughs> really got my spirits back. Um, I've been to the shops, Anthony. Oh. I have a bottle of Bolhays cider. Reference. Oh, well done. It's good stuff. It's, it's good stuff. 15 quid a bloody bottle. It should be good stuff. <laughs> Some of us aren't privileged enough to uh, go and drink it for free in the weekend. So I'm just going to... I'm just going to try and uh, open this. It comes in sort of a, a champagne, champagne. Well, you're doing that, arrangement. Doing that, Ian, I'm just showing everyone. It's just very good on the radio, but I have a very, very old Somerset mug. So ne week after next, I need to get myself a new mug when I'm at the county ground mm. because it's barely visible anymore. I don't want to disappoint you, Steve. Have they got mugs in the shop? I they must mug, have. But there's two shops, isn't there? One of them probably does. Uh, Monday week, Monday week, second day of the Lancashire game. I'm doing a book oh. in the. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> right, <laughs> Mr. Shepherd is going to be sucking the carpet. No, oh, five pounds worth of bloody Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't shake it around. I haven't been shaking it around. Honestly, it's come straight out of the fridge. Oh, for God's <laughs> right! I'll tell Alex Hill, and I'm sure you'll. Be is that being recorded? That's four pounds fifty. Have you got? Look how much is left. There's like. Oh God, Jesus! Going to stink in here now. Oh, well, I've still got a trip. I can't believe that. That's been that's punishment for you not picking Lewis Goldsworthy first. Oh, some, somebody's been shaking it anyway. Well, oh dear God, you can see it's gone right up on the on the ceiling here in the, in the roll up band the Nerva Pavilion. The kids have come in. They think it's incredibly funny. Oh God, it's gone all over my work diary, all over the printer. Oh well. Right, yeah, that's my right. Anyway. Taste verdict. Somewhat soured by reason. Good, good nose. Not bad. Not bad. <laughs> good. And eight and a half percent. It's really what they call a leafy juice. Yes, Do not swear. Especially in cricket meetings. Quite right. Oh, that was quite spectacular, wasn't it? That was like the only... It was, yeah. You didn't see anyway, what happened. As I was saying, Sorry, I've got box signing on the second day of the Lancashire game in the Somerset County at lunchtime. And the weather forecast isn't very good either, so... Oh, is it not for next week? If there's a rain, then, then that won't do book sales any harm either. Well, that's true. But the good news is Mark Church will drive all the way down just for the lunch interval to, <laughs> to get his book signed, probably. Good on, Mark. <laughs> There's this, just a stain on the ceiling. Oh, oh dear! Right, well, it, it's, it ain't going to get any worse in the next ten minutes, so I'll, I'll give it. I'm just suddenly covered in cider now. Oh dear! Should we move on to listeners' questions after that? Uh, I hope my mouse is still working. <laughs> One from Stuart Hodgkins on Facebook. Uh, just wants to talk about March, and he's a big fan, but he's been disappointing so far overall. Do you think he has a future at the club? Why aren't things working out? And what needs to be done to realise his potential? Well, I think he's been a little bit hamstrung by the pitches we played out of the last uh, few games. I think his best role is as a, a T20 bowler. 
Um, yeah, you did well in that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how seriously he takes it. I mean, he, you know, he enjoys life, does, does Martin. He doesn't take anything too seriously. Uh, and I'm not sure that's the ideal mindset. I know there were quite a lot of people in Glamorgan who were surprised that we signed him as, uh, as our overseas mm-hmm. professional. But, yeah, he's a lovely bloke. But, you know. I'd like to see him shove my words down my throat on Sunday, but I remain to be convinced. Interesting, he's got another year in his contract. So is there a chance we'll say, actually, we'll try and let him go? Like, the thing is, it's going to let that, presumably we have to pay him compensation if we're going to do that. Mm -hmm. So I I can't see us doing that. I think we'll keep him for another year. Particularly as I doubt we want, you know, I doubt we'll necessarily sign two other overseas players if we don't get him next year. So probably will stay around, particularly for T20. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's where he's definitely definitely a value to... uh... We're going to need someone there to replace Craig Overson if he's going to be in the England set for most of them next summer. I think there are there are a few domestic bowlers out of contract, but whether or not you know there's some good bowlers as well, like Shane Snater and Aaron Beard, I believe, are out of contract. Um, but you know they'll probably sign new ones. But you know if we're on the ball, you never know. We might be able to snap someone up from another county. I think we might need two fast bowlers to be honest. If Brooks leaves, you know, I, I said before this season he's still a well, one pace bowler short. And I think we might need a couple, um, but who knows? I mean, we've got the youngsters coming through, so you know, it depends how much we want to give them opportunities. And mm. you know, they got to sort of balance it out. You, gotta, you know, there's a lot of things to take into account with pace bowlers. You got to sort of plan ahead. You know, you know, if there's England call-ups then, and if there's injuries, you know, it's sort of got to get the right. It's difficult to get the right number. But mm. We'll see. Yeah, there's um, a saying in baseball, Dan, that you need you need basically you need five starting pitchers for a baseball baseball side. And they always say in baseball, if you think you've got enough starting pitching, sign another one. <laughs> and I'm the same with quick bowlers. You know, I, yeah. I'd like to think that the three youngsters are all going to get a chance and we sign somebody else and Marchant comes through next season. Yeah, yeah. happy with that. Oh, one from Ollie Slack. What's your preferred county championship format for next season? Ollie's not a fan of the current system with 12 teams playing purely dead rubbers. And the title being decided on four games, sort of. Two divisions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think so. I don't think they will, because I think they'll say they'll go conference again and division two will be a playoff to find who plays in division. So let me rephrase that. There'll be division one at the end of 2022, plus two teams at the top of division two in the conference format will go into the 2023 top division because they can't now say halfway through the competition or by the way division two you need to finish in the top two yeah but i i don't get this everyone's got a chance to win back in back in the day when we had 17 stroke 18 first class counties you know you could go through that and say there's probably only four or five sides that realistically got a chance to win it, and re- realistically, you know, it's not going to happen. So you've just got to go back to two divisions. That was good competitive cricket. There was always something to play for till the end of the season, you know. And much as it pains me to say it, they're going to have to go to where they were at the end of 2019 and pick it up from there, which is really harsh on knots. 
incredibly harsh on Knox, but oh, well, I can live with that. No, I, I think Steve's right. I think I think um, I don't, I'm not a great fan of the conference system. There, there are, there's too much scope for silly buggers towards the end of the qualifying phases, like us not going for the win against Hampshire and, and, and so on, because we wanted Hampshire to go through rather than Gloucestershire and all this sort of stuff. Um, and there are too many meaningless games at the, at, at the um, at, at this stage in the season. But I don't think they're going to change it for next year. Um, so I think we're stuck with the conference for for next year. And as Steve says, I think you know the um, the playoffs will be all about who plays in um, uh, Division One and Division Two in in 2023, which is yeah, a bit of a wasted opportunity. If you but um, that's what I think it'll be. Yeah, whichever way round they do it, there's there's positives and negatives to all of the uh, the various permutations of of how you do it. So you're not going to please or you can't please all the people all the time. It'd be a shame if we get the same five five sides in mm. the same. Yeah. They need they need to mix that up. Conferences up. They will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Lord Lupin, uh, how do we keep Tom Abel out of England consideration without having to lose disastrously? Well, I don't. Th- he, England... did his best. he did his best in the last game to keep himself out of England. He did. I, I, even if he got 100 that game, I can't see him coming in to the England team this summer. No, now Ollie Pope's got some runs. Yeah, Ollie Pope's got yeah. runs. They'd give him Milan a go at three now, so you'd think he's either opening or three. They seem to want to stick with Burns. They're just giving him to go, so. Yeah, my prediction, and I said this a few months ago, is that after our disastrous Ashes tour in Australia, Tommy will be a starter at the start of next summer. He'll have a rollicking start to the Championship next year, mm-hmm. and he'll be straight into the team, England team, for the first test of next summer as captain. <laughs> no, not yeah. as captain, but he will. I reckon that's when he'll come in. Yeah, I hope you're wrong. Not about the in rollicking start, but being my answer is a little bit more cynical. As long as Chris Silverwood is England coach, that keeps Tom Abel out of the England side. <laughs> yeah. I think Tom Abel needs a bit more support from his fellow Somerset batsmen, particularly the openers, you know, to make his case for England. Keep keep coming in in the, in the first half a dozen overs is you know blooming tough. Yeah, good preparation for batting three for England, though. Yes, <laughs> without true. doubt, without doubt. Uh, Simon Hancock has has there been any side of the hundred increasing interest in the game in the southwest? Uh, he says it's just anecdotal, but I haven't come across anyone locally, Bristol and Somerset, that has taken any notice. I know of one person who spotted it on TV, enjoyed it, and mm. my dad was, I think, trying to sell him all yet, go and, yeah. go and see Somerset play then, you know, and follow up on it. You know, that's that's the kind of thing that needs to happen. That's how that's how county cricket benefits. Yeah. So hopefully he does. This person. Yeah, I've, I've I've met a few um, sort of non uh, not non cricketing regulars who've, who've caught some of the hundred and said, "Well, it looks looks like a lot of fun," and you know they've been enjoying watching it. So I said exactly as Dan said to them, "Well, in that case, go and watch Somerset," and they, and they might do. So I haven't I haven't heard other than from sort of county cricket diehards. I haven't heard much criticism of it. People who have watched it seem to have enjoyed it. But interesting you both say that, but none of the pathway to get these people to go and watch other cricket seems to be there. All no. the hundred social no. media, all the blurb around it seems to be it's this very insular thing about the hundreds great, the hundreds great. Is there any other cricket on? No, don't think so, no. Yes, the there was that tweet, wasn't there? They yeah. deleted it. Uh, yeah. 
the yeah they, they, i think they they understood that there was negative reaction to that so i think a few days later they did a single tweet directing people to women's cricket um that the ecb did a tweet in the 100 quote tweet saying oh look at all this women's cricket but it just doesn't seem like enough it was just mm-hmm. sort of a single tweet that the ecb did and they you know i i've heard from someone else about how the ecb they're almost patting themselves on the back for doing this tweet with the it was basically a link to tickets it was a link to a website the ecb website and on that web page there was links to all the tickets for the remaining Hale Finch, Charlotte Edwards, International Women's Games this year. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think the ECB were patting themselves on the back a bit too much, just from what I gathered from speaking to someone about that. It was just one tweet, a bit opaque, you know, it just doesn't really show me that they're trying to build momentum towards people seeing other cricket, you know. It's, no. Yeah, I don't think they really I, intentionally or not, they they just aren't really trying to build on these maps <coughs> from the hundreds, you know. Right, uh, nothing much else there that I don't think we've covered before. Alex Williams, um... there's one one here. Um, yeah, that, that's the one that you just picked up on, Ian. Does does Dan know the answer to that? What what James Hildreth has averaged over the last three county championship seasons? Um, I don't think it's in the thirties. No, I don't. Think kind it of, yeah, uh, one sec. So, uh, so this season he's averaging twenty five, and the twenty twenty Bob Willis Trophy he averaged twenty one. Then twenty nineteen he averaged twenty nine. Uh, and then 2018, that's a good season. So that was the average 40, uh, 45. Yeah. But, um, yeah, um, t- yeah, it's, it's mid- mid-20s, basically, across the last three seasons. And it's, yeah, that was why I was sceptical when we gave him a new contract at the start of this season. He had two sort of four seasons, and he's not really improved. So it is worrying. It is. Yeah. Mm. Still, it'll come good next. <laughs> All of us are sort of thinking about it, but none of us want to say it. But yeah, we do. Obviously, obviously, we hope he already comes good. We hope they all come good up at, up at Scarborough starting on uh, on Sunday. I think that's done with the um, with the listeners' questions. What other news have we had? Sonny Baker, uh, along with George Thomas and Jamie Jamie Rue or James Rue. Jamie Jamie Rue is in the. Uh, the England under-19 squad, they're playing six uh, one-day internationals against West Indies. Yeah. yeah. Down in uh, in the home counties, over a couple of grounds. And the big news to come out of the Cooper Associates County ground today, Eddie Byram is not having his contract renewed. He's joining Glamorgan on loan for the rest of the season. Uh, I've seen conflicting reports about with a view to getting a contract or he's already signed a two-year deal at Sapphire Gardens, so I'm not sure which one of those he is. He signed the deal. Correct, he signed the deal the, for, for Morgan said he signed the deal, so that's right. right. I mean, Somerset, yeah, said a view to the deal, which yeah. I thought, I don't know if that was just what genuinely what they thought or whether it was just a weird use of language and that actually they meant he has signed the deal, I don't know. But, um, yeah, he's definitely signed it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good news. Good news for Eddie. Yeah, good news for Eddie. I'm very, very pleased for him because he's he, he's a lovely lad. And he's a decent cricketer, and uh, there was no f- real future for him at Somerset. And um, I hope he, I hope he does well, and I think he probably will do well. At, at, mm, at, I think he will. Yeah, you felt you had to have a good raw London, and he just never got out the starting blocks today. So, no. Yeah, that kind of um, put pay to any any new contract for Eddie. Uh, what else has been going on in the in the world of Somerset since we've 
since Western we got Storm, last. Oh, Western Storm missed out finished, on finals day, didn't they? Yeah, they finished their Charlotte Edwards campaign. Um, they won the last three games. Um, and unfortunately, in the last game, so before the day, it looked like Storm just needed to win and hope Northern Diamonds didn't win the bonus point. However, Northern Diamonds did win the bonus point. Um, so Storm had to win the bonus point themselves uh, and they, they weren't able to, sadly. Um, but still, I think it's encouraging that they've managed to win their last three, you know, pre-100 they barely won in they only won uh, I think two one games game. across the two one. competitions but they've won oh, the last right, three yeah. now um, so yeah they've got a bit of momentum going into the final bit of the Halo Finch Trophy they're unlikely to get through in that but um, yeah I think you know Hennessy and Love have scored some runs recently Nicole Harvey's taken with it um, so there's, there's definitely been some improvement recently which is good to see good stuff right um, any other business from no, I've got to go up to Eli's to have a, have a couple of beers with um, my summariser, Mark Davis, and, and possibly Richard Ellison. And guess what? To spend another hour or so discussing cricket. Oh, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> well, just don't get any we'll of your, uh, you any of your Sunday, beverages Anthony. over the ceiling, Anthony, and I think you'll have a better evening, <laughs> a better evening than myself. <laughs> oh, soak it into the plasterboard as we speak. I'll tell, I'll tell Alex and, and we'll see what we can do about it. Yes, it was, uh, it was very strange because my, my wife picked out from Darts Farm today, which is uh, sort of up in Exeter. So it's been back at the house for about... Ooh, good two hours I'd say just sat in the fridge and then I just had it sat on my desk ready to unveil it and then it just Steve when you record these do you record the video as well I don't know I'll, I'll send you <laughs> the recording have a look yeah, drop, drop box me the recording over I think it does it. Yeah. Oh, that, I think well, so yeah. I don't think we're quite ready to stick these on YouTube yet but if, if we can snip that bit that would be nice to uh, uh, to put up for posterity right um yeah, I'd like to say I'm looking forward to Sunday, but it's a bit of trepidation. Oh, let's be, let's be positive. Oh, I am. I'm always, I'm always positive. But last time we played Yorkshire at Scarborough, 2017, we won. That's good enough for me then. That's that was the game me. that Tom Abel dropped himself. That's right, absolutely. And and um, Craig Overton bowled like an absolute hero. Oh, bowled second innings. Great piece of bowling. And and didn't Hill just score a century? Or at least he scored runs. He that. did. He did, yeah. So. yeah. Oh, there we go then. Yeah. March and Delaney is going to get a 5 for. It's all looking good. We're all going to be positive. Yep. We'll be getting together next week talking about how our surge for the county championship is back on track. Gents, it's been a pleasure as always. Steve, great to have you back. Um, we'll you. get together sometime next week um, with our thoughts on the Scarborough game, on the uh, Yorkshire game up at Scarborough. Uh, but for Steve, Dan, and Anthony, uh, always a pleasure to have you with us, and we'll catch you next time. Cheers. Thanks, Ian. Cheers.